Have you ever wondered how to be a loving wife? How do you keep your marriage pulled together when it seems like everything is pulling you apart with busyness, kids, work, schedules, even doing what's right, going to church? Well, today's episode of Life Beyond the Picket Fence is going to help all moms in the season of raising kids, of having babies, of trying to just keep it all together. How do you do everything and still have energy for your marriage? Welcome to the Life Beyond the Picket Fence podcast. You know, for myself, in the early years of my marriage, my husband and I went to several marriage retreats. We learned about love languages, how our upbringings were different, and ways we could love each other better. We were instructed to have weekly date nights, write post-it notes on the bathroom mirror, and to prioritize intimacy. We learned about his needs and her needs how women are like spaghetti, men are like waffles, and how couch time is essential once you have kids. Are you overwhelmed just reading those tips? Honestly, friends, I was. And as a young bride, older women actually gave me books instructing me how to like meet my husband at the front door with uh, sexy clothes on and things like that. And I was thinking, what in the world do you think I'm doing during the day staying home full time with my kids? I don't have energy for that. Within the first few years of marriage, my husband and I read multiple books on how to submit, respect, lead, and pray, doing it more and doing it better. By the end of the first 10 years, we were fully equipped for the perfect marriage. And then life happened. Our family grew, stressors pushed on us, and busyness ruled our lives. We argued more. We accused each other of not meeting each other's needs. Those great how-tos became points of contention over where the other person was failing. And I've seen this same pattern over and over again um, as a counselor. Our kids' needs and demands started increasing, and so did our own. Fights revolved around bad communication, busyness, carpool duty, misunderstandings, and physical exhaustion. And you know what? Resentment set in. We were often at a stalemate. And what I realized was that in efforts to build a great marriage, we lost perspective of what's most important. Simply how to love. While self-help books on marriage were good, they fed discontentment and unrealistic expectations for the perfect spouse and ideal marriage. Marriage isn't easy during the parenting years, if I'm honest with you. I wonder if how-to seminars and books create unmet expectations for which spouses blame each other. After 30 years of marriage, though, I've learned balancing marriage and family requires releasing picture-perfect expectations. Good marriage advice is summed up in four words. Simply love your spouse. God's word gives a clear blueprint for loving your spouse. Be kind and patient. Don't be prideful or rude. Don't be easily angered. Don't keep record over little things that are petty or unimportant. Rejoice in truth. Protect, hope, and persevere. Persevere. 
Do you realize that that's the word that's included in loving someone? Protecting, hoping, and persevering. That's all from 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. I want to encourage you to simply love your spouse. But how do you really do that? I know you're probably wondering that. There's no real big, simple formula. But what I do know about loving your spouse, especially when you're raising kids, is that it really is about letting go of a lot of small things. It really is about not trying to do something perfect, better, or more. But I'm afraid there's a lot of um, images, there's a lot of expectations put out, out there on social media, even within the Christian culture. I think we focus so much on the roles within the marriage, and we focus so much on what marriage is supposed to look like, that we get caught in trying to feed the formula. We get caught into worrying about what our roles are, which really, within each marriage and each family, you have to work those out between you and your spouse. What something looks like in one home is going to look different in another home. Why? Because we're all different. But God has brought you and your spouse together. But there's a deeper element of marriage that I need to talk about. And that's working on your own stuff. You see, for most marriages, the whole relationship is complicated. There may be emotional baggage that one or both of you bring to your relationship. And if personal hurts or patterns of relating negatively impact your marriage, don't ignore the issues. Um, talk about it. Work on your own stuff. And if you need to seek out professional help, if you need to seek out a mentor, a counselor, talk to your pastor about it, it's important to do. A lot of people think that marriage itself is the problem. When I work with a lot of people as a professional coach and counselor, that I can tell you most marriage problems are rooted in people problems. And so if there are issues that are coming up in your marriage that really are um, impeding um, the health of your marriage, then focus on your own mental and emotional health. And as you get healthy, as you draw close to the Lord, he will change you. He'll change your expectations. He'll change your responses. And in turn, that starts changing your marriage. One thing I want to talk about, though, real quickly is that if you're in a marriage that is harmful or abusive to you or your kids, don't go it alone especially. Seek help from community agencies trained for abusive situations. Uh, check out Leslie Vernick's work. I'm a big fan of hers as a counselor. I use a lot of her material in working with women from toxic marriages. Um, that's Leslie, V-E-R-N-I-C-K. She has a great book called The Emotionally Destructive Marriage. Toxic marriages are a problem in the church. They're a problem in the culture. And we have to talk about it and we have to support each other. God doesn't intend women or children to be disrespected or dishonored. Abuse is never okay. Finally, the last principle about marriage that I really want to encourage you with is another simple principle. And that is, you're on the same team with your spouse. You really are. You know, sometimes in our own marriage, even up to the last couple of years, when my husband and I come to a stalemate, 
one of us simply says, we're on the same team. You can feel sometimes like you're against each other because you're arguing about something with the kids or you're really, each of you is trying to get your own needs met. Emotional needs, time, physical needs, physical wants, emotional wants. And it seems that, especially once kids come into the picture, you really do take your eyes off the marriage as the first priority. As a wife and a mom who is um, just weeks away from um, the empty nest as our youngest goes to college, my husband and I have been talking a lot about marriage. And we really have been talking a lot about what our marriage has been, what we hope our marriage will be in the future, but also how to take care of the marriage now. And I can tell you, friends, that when you're raising kids, you don't have enough energy for everything to be done perfectly or even the best. Sometimes the best you have to give is simply loving your husband and simply loving your kids. And sometimes that doesn't look anything remotely related to what you see on Instagram. Simply loving sometimes just means you are quiet. You don't have to talk about everything that needs to be done. You know, you got to let a lot of things go. Because raising kids, especially in today's culture, you have um, increasingly more obstacles and barriers. And it's so important that you're on the same team with your spouse. So three simple principles. It really isn't rocket science. How do you love your spouse well? How do you not get sidetracked by everything that's going on in your life, especially raising kids? You simply love your husband or your spouse. You work on your own stuff, which often means lowering expectations for yourself and each other, and you give yourself grace. Give yourself a lot of grace. Most marriage principles don't talk about grace. But the one thing I love in Proverbs is that it says that love covers a multitude of sins. It doesn't mean that love actually covers sin, but God's love covers our own sinful natures. And as we work on our own sinful stuff, we can extend grace to our spouse and their sinful stuff. And as we let God's love through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ cover both of us in our marriage with his blood that he shed for us, then there is always hope. Remember what I talked about? Protect, hope, and persevere. And finally, friends, be on the same team with your spouse. If those are the only words you say to each other sometimes, is that we're on the same team, it has a way of dispelling a lot of arguments, a lot of things which really aren't important, a lot of things that we are arguing about just because we want our rights. I know that all may sound simplistic, but I can tell you, again, I've been married for 30 years, and I can tell you it hasn't always been easy. In fact, looking back, there have been a lot of years that seem to have been much harder than the easy years. But I'm glad I persevered. I'm glad I was invested in hope. And I'm glad that I can look at my partner 30 years later after raising four kids and being able to say, you know what? We're on the same team. 
and to simply say, I love you. Let me know how this episode, how some of the episodes here at Life Beyond the Picket Fence podcast is impacting you. I would love to hear from you. You can leave a comment on the blog at brendayoder.com on the particular episode, or you can email me at brenda at brendayoder.com. But what we would love for you to do is to leave a review. Stop right now. Go to whatever app you're listening to this podcast on, whether it's Stitcher or iTunes, and leave a short review. That actually helps this podcast reach other people. And I just heard one of the first pieces of encouragement of the podcast on mindfulness that someone was able to share with a friend who had been struggling with some of the things that we talked about, some real manifestations of ungodly presence through the practice of non-biblical mindfulness. Um, Another thing I just want to encourage you with is to um, let us know what you would like us to cover here on the Life Beyond the Picket Fence podcast. And we are gearing up and planning for the second season that will start later this fall. But don't worry, we'll be here on the broadcast um, for several more weeks yet. But you can also join me at the Fledge Facebook forum where I broadcast weekly during the school year on topics related to raising and releasing your kids. And there's also a video library of 50 different broadcasts on the topic from my book, Fledge, Launching Your Kids Without Losing Your Mind. So join us there. Join me on Instagram. Subscribe to my email list. You can text Fledge, F-L-E-D-G-E, to 345-345 and subscribe. And you'll get um, a toolkit of a lot of things that will help you in your parenting, in your faith life, um, that is all revolving around life, faith, and family beyond the storybook image. So have a good week, and we'll see you next time on the Life Beyond the Picket Fence podcast.